Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fezbuddy and Killingbird. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here with you, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Ron Fezbuddy. How are you, buddy? I'm good. What's going on, man? Uh, just grinding a little bit, actually. Um, I don't think I've ever played while recording the podcast, but tonight I am. Oh, really? I'm not giving my full attention to the, to the <laughs> podcast recording. Now, there's a series running in, in the States for people who aren't here. Uh, on a network called Winning. And we don't get too many series here in America, so you got to take advantage of them when you can. You know you're a D-Gen when. <laughs> yeah, but I just busted one, so now I'm down to my last three, so we'll see what happens. So maybe we'll have like a live slash podcast sweat. Oh, that would be good. A podcast live sweat. <laughs> Something's gonna have to change if that's gonna happen. <laughs> incredibly short and everything. So. Or if you get if you get deep, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll actually be not recording this podcast tonight and disappoint <laughs> everyone further. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I take full responsibility for that. It's all my fault. <laughs> I moved in August and I started a new job in September. So. That's lame excuse. I know. Those, things, yeah. those aren't major life yeah. changes. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then I had three kids in the meantime. And, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't hear that. News. Congratulations. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it was, uh, it's been busy. But you know what? When you start a new job, it's, you know, it's always hectic. And now things are getting back to normal. So we should be back on a regular schedule now. Yeah, I always have a little adjustment period. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. We're back. Yep. So, and, uh, Lots, probably lots to cover in terms of what's been happening. Totally. Um, I don't even know if I can remember back that far, but how's poker been for you? <laughs> well, because of the all the changes, I haven't played much um, in the past couple months. I did put some money on Bovada on Saturday night and finished third in uh, 5K. So I have a bankroll on there now. So nice. I think uh, hopefully that'll last, and uh, we'll have you know more uh, more to talk about. Um, in the next podcast on my my poker, <laughs> but it's been yeah. I've actually just time. I've recently just started playing on Bovada and I'm kind of loving it. I hate yeah. the anonymous part of it. Um, yeah. I, some people probably like that, but I I'm not a big fan of it. But um, the fields are so soft and the tournaments are good. Like yeah. good guarantees, good field sizes. Yeah, there's twenty k, fifty five dollar twenty k on there, and I'm like, this is almost like the fifty fifty on uh, on poker stars in. Uh, Full tilt back in the day, not, yeah. not exactly, but it kind of feels like that, you know. Yeah, it's it's been kind of fun playing on there. I'm yeah. kind of actually enjoying. The it. Software's not bad, you know. It's yeah, okay, not 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 yeah, better like than said, you know some of that other other crappy US software. Right. Software, you know? Yeah, like I said, other than the anonymous thing, I have really no complaints. Bovada in general. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, probably be playing on there quite a bit more going forward. Cool, cool. And okay. so I know you've been pretty busy with poker, though. You've been playing a lot, right? Yeah, I've actually been playing considerably more um i actually made a little trip to vegas not too long ago i had an opportunity to go out there and play and i I blogged about this on the site so it's probably old news to some people but i had a chance to go out there and play wsop.com you know the online poker site their first sort of inaugural series that they ran it was nine events got to go out and play that and uh it was cool kind of 
doing the whole grindhouse thing. I was living with, I think, seven other guys nice. in a house in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, played nine events, plus, you know, the normal stuff that I play as well, but those nine events. And actually was fortunate enough to make a nice run. Unfortunately, final table bubbling the, the 215.6 max, but it was still like a $5,500 score. So. Oh, wow, that's great. That's, so, that, that's, yeah. what, so that, wait, that was, what was the guarantee on that? Um, God, I forget. Well, actually, you know what? Not, I was going to say I forget what the guarantee was, but um, there were no guarantees. But what they did is they were they were adding money to the prize pool. So it was I think it was 500k total added okay. to the prize oh, pool wow. across the nine tournaments. Huh. I want to say that one was it was like a two two fifteen buy-in. And I want to say it was 40k added to the prize pool. Right, 40k. So added. it was a pretty yeah. I think and I think about 500 runners. So it was a pretty cool like opportunity to you know have a pretty big score, which. Kind of, I guess, why we were all out there because there's so much money in these prize pools. Right, right. That's awesome. And um, and well, I mean, first of all, that's that's awesome. And it's amazing. You know, it's great that poker is back in the U.S., albeit in you know a limited format. But um, right. I think New Jersey is uh, is live today, right? I think. I think yeah, I, I haven't actually been following it as closely as I was the Vegas thing because I knew I was going out there. But um, yeah, I, I heard that. I think two. Maybe even three sites yeah, launched. A couple uh, launching today, so that's pretty damn exciting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm actually heading up to Atlantic City for the circuit event here in a few weeks, and I know I'll see like Pierre and right. some of those guys who we always see in, in at the Jersey events. So it'll be cool to hear from those guys how the software is, right. how the fields are. The regulars. Um, yeah, like I know. I mean, the field sizes were good for these uh, in these events that the WSOP.com ran in Vegas. But I know a lot of people, tra- li- you know, like we did, traveled there yeah. to play them. In fact, so the part of the deal with the series was that you know there were nine events, and the winner of those nine events played in this big sit and go free roll. And I want to say like five of the nine or something weren't even Nevada residents. Wow. Yeah. So, so it shows you how many people like were just there to yeah. play that series. Yeah, it's definitely Nevada is not can't support. I mean, they, this is pretty well known. Their play is not <laughs> not to be you know in in. Interstate, you know, dominance. They want to be the center of a uh, nationwide network, right? So, right, they're they're just setting up for that. But New Jersey is a pretty big state. There's a lot of people there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if the games can support themselves just with the New Jersey. Now, that of course right. it wouldn't be at the scale of nationwide, um, and 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 we all want it to be connected and interlinked. But I think New Jersey is going to have a lot, you know, a lot more liquidity um, early on. Um, compared to, right. to Nevada, and then you know, hopefully, uh, other things linking. I know um, New York State uh, passed a proposition to allow um, casinos in the state, which is a big deal ah, for the first time. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of bittersweet because there's going to be up to seven casinos in the state, and like the first three are upstate, and they can't build. In the metro areas, in, you know, meaning Manhattan area and, and the suburbs, right. um, anywhere near southern New York um, state for like seven years. It's like so annoying. Um, oh, wow. So I still have to drive and cross, a, 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 you know, the, a, a get on a boat to go to a poker town <laughs> um, in Connecticut or drive, you know, four hours to go to, to New Jersey. But um, right. But eventually it'll come. But the biggest thing about that is it signals sort of a openness to go um, go out to the uh, to, you know get in on board with uh, revenue from poker and or, or from right. from gaming and uh, a lot of people on two plus two's you know legislation form are from New York are pretty excited that this could mean online you know 
relatively soon, not not immediately. There's no. There was actually yeah. some momentum last year on getting it into the budget. Um, uh, revenue from online gaming didn't get through, but that plus this um, could be could be something that we see. Uh, yeah, coming it's, soon. it's all sort of positive momentum yeah. in the right direction. It's just a question of how long it all takes. Yeah. I prefer if they just connect it to New Jersey, right? I mean, everything's set up. Like, just, right. just use New Jersey as the you know infrastructure. Connect New York, share the revenue, and get it done tomorrow. Like that's that's what I. Yeah. I mean, like it's the easiest thing, right? Like New York does that. New York have to, you know, set it up as their own individual initiative, and then, you know, connect over to New Jersey, you know, that way. Or can't you just piggyback? And, and I think that's what Nevada's banking on, New Jersey's banking on, a lot of states piggybacking. But from what I hear, New York wants to kind of set their own stuff up too, and then connect, which will take longer. Right. But, you know. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I wonder if in New Jersey the the sites and the you know the field sizes and the, and the guarantees and all that stuff will be good enough that people will actually like set up residents in New Jersey to play there. Like, because you have so many major cities around New Jersey, right? right. Philly, New York, etc. Like, are people going to be like, oh, I'll just rent a little townhome in like this small town in New Jersey? No, the problem with that is New Jersey's not cheap, right? Like, New Jersey's not not like, you know, New Jersey's a relatively, the North, it's part of the Northeast, right? New York Northeast is a relatively expensive expensive area. So it's not easy to have like a second, you know, a second property there. Um, Right. That's to say, you know, a, a little. You know, small basement studio might might work for some people. Um, I think you'll see a lot of people going there for series, right? You know, and just yeah. kind of going over and figuring out where to stay for a big series, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, because it could be as easy as just like Airbnb or something, right? You know, get a bed, get a bedroom for seventy five bucks a night or something. Right. And right. Now that doesn't help me because I can't. You know, I'm not going to find myself going over from right. kids and all that stuff. It's just hard to do that. But you know, who knows? Maybe maybe for a big series. Instead of driving down to, you know, down to Atlantic City, you know, go down for a Sunday, you know, to a cafe or something, you know, and just get yep. from there. So, yeah. So that's uh, it's, a, it's positive though. That's that's the that's the good news. But, yeah. yeah. We'll see how it all develops. Yep. Uh, also, obviously, it's something that's happened since our last episode. The World Series of Poker yeah. main event was- aired, so we should probably talk a little bit about thoughts on. That whole series, yeah, and uh, um, and I'm sure, I'm assuming you've watched it all. Yes, at this point. I watched all of it. I I watched it several times. I guess I watched it a couple times. Um, just I, I I like poker on TV. I know a lot of people are like over it, but I don't know. I like like I enjoy it. I enjoy the I enjoy all kind of forms of it. <laughs> I like the yeah. WPTs. I like the 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 WSOP. You know, um, Tuesday night broadcast. I like the. I mean, we we talked about this a bunch in the past. I love, and, and most of us love the, you know, the other format that they were doing for, um, I guess the format that they did the final table, and you know, it's yeah, the almost, almost live, live concept. I love that. So I DVR'd it, and like I was, you know, in my new job and working pretty late, and um, I got home a little later, so I was able to like kind of watch it without commercials and just kind of. You know, take my time with it. I was actually up late both of those nights, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love it. I uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, I love I love watching it. So yeah, I watched all of it. Did you uh, Did you watch the whole thing, or how did you? Yeah, I actually I I missed a bunch of episodes while it was actually airing, yeah. but I managed to go back and get caught up, uh, basically watching most of them online, and then um, and then watched the final table in in its entirety. Right. Um, and I thought it was good. Like, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, there's a lot of people who are kind of, I think, just kind of over the 
the whole main main event broadcast. Yeah. Like you hear people like, oh, it's time to get new announcers, and Norman Chad is horrible, and but I still enjoy it, and it might be maybe it's just because it like. I don't know, it always brings me back to like my happy place yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like as soon as I hear like that music, that yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Norman Chester's making his stupid jokes, like I don't know, that it's like a comfortable yep. place it's for me. Absolutely agreed. Like, you know, I don't watch it when it's broadcast, I D V R it, so then you know, like uh, finish up some stuff, eleven o'clock, go just throw it on right before bed and it's like you know, it's quiet in the house and <laughs> you're just kind of yeah. chilling watching, watching the World Series. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. What did you think about the final table and the play and just the outcome, you know, Reese and, and all that stuff? Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I didn't think anybody played particularly poorly and I didn't think anybody, like, played particularly sick. Like, it was probably, it was certainly one of the, how do I describe this? I don't want to say that, like one of the more boring final tables, but it, w- it just seemed incredibly sort of uneventful. I guess. Yeah. Although I will say that I think I think Amir played optimal. I think Amir played yes. near perfect. Honestly, I just yeah. I, I, I thought he played great. You know? I think Amir played near perfect. Um, what's uh, what's the Canadian guy's name? Um, Ma- uh, I can never pronounce yeah. it because it's like French Canadian or something. Is it Mark yeah. Lachlan, right. Um, I thought he played excellent, and he just got. I mean, obviously, he got that gigantic cooler. Was he yeah. aces or, or or did he get sucked out? I don't remember, but um, I know Kings and Aces. I know, yeah, into Farber's Aces, right? So, but I think he was he played the best, and Amir played the most optimal. Um, didn't yeah. make a mistake. I mean, Amir was a short stack the whole time. He really yeah, la- he laddered he so laddered. nicely, <laughs> and he he shoved I think perfectly. He he just was, he was great. Um, we have like a connection to Amir, don't we? Didn't we weren't we on the same message board as him years ago? On yeah, yep. He was board? actually a member of the message board that not. It's not technically where we met, but right. it was created very shortly thereafter. He's around for so, a little yeah. while, right? I don't know if we. Yeah, I never. I mean, we never met him, obviously, and I didn't, you know, we didn't form any close relationship with him. But I do remember him from a long time ago being part of that board. It was like yeah. a board of like twenty five, thirty people, and he was part of it for a little bit. So, um, so it was, I was kind of rooting for him just on on that. But I also think he was. I mean, I heard all the interviews. I, you know, I think they're all, they were. It was a great final table in terms of players. It was a very, very high high skill level. Generally, as final tables go, um, and he's he's definitely one of the best out there. So I thought he played. Yeah. He played great. Um, yeah. There was a lot of criticism of of Reese. I thought, and maybe it's just because he ended up winning and people. But even during the broadcast, like following Twitter and stuff, people, you know, because he was folding yeah. a lot of his buttons with the short stacks on his left and stuff, but. I actually kind of, because he essentially just never put himself at yeah. any risk, and he just kept, he'd pick up little pots here and there. Like, his chip stack was always going up, yeah. and people were getting knocked out, and people yeah. were, you know, yeah. get, you know, colliding, and he was just staying I, out of the way, and I thought it was kind of genius. I agree personally. with you, and I think the criticism comes from the in, innate sort of think, thought that you should be always aggressive in a poker tournament and regression right. wins, and hey, I'm the chip leader, I should push everyone around. I think it comes from that, and not from a place of real thought. I, I agree with you. I don't think you ha- I mean, you you don't have to, when you have a big chip lead, and you have a, a big stack, and, and you have a final three stack in the main event, the World Series, right. at like with eight left, you don't have to, but you shouldn't put yourself in bad in, in position in bad spots. And the, you know the guys behind him were good players, right? Yeah, they're all yeah. They're gonna show J.C. Amir know. and uh, and McLaughlin, like yeah, like he he could you know 
he, I agree. I think, I think there was no reason for him to put his chips um, at risk. I think he thought he was very, you know, one of the better players. I mean, we'll get, I, we'll talk in a minute about the quotes from him after. Um, <laughs> he thinks he's one of the best players at the table, if not the best, and he has a big chip lead that can take him to the final three. I, I, I would put myself in the same spot. I, I want to get like the way I think about final tables is, you know, when I get there, I want to assess and kind of, you know. Um, I don't want to cut ninth, right? You know, and I, I like you know, depending. Right. I, you know, I want to kind of, I want to start the. You know, ICM is very important, and you want to start laddering, and you don't want to do anything really stupid. Although you do want to put pressure on people in appropriate spots, I agree with that. You want to use ICM to your, to your advantage, and you should be able to do that. Um, not saying don't don't do that, but I think you know once you once the once people start dropping and you get yourself to a top three stack, like I certainly would take spot. I'd rather three bet than open weak hands in late position, you know, right, 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 you know, or I'd rather, you know, open with the intent to four bet someone who's deep enough to three bet me, as opposed to put myself in a spot where some, I'm going to get shoved on as a ship leader and kind of have to call a lot of times because their ranges are so wide and I'm increasing my variance. So if I got my chip to a point where with like seven or eight or six left, I'm like top two or three, like I, I, I will put the mediums. I mean, this is pretty like standard playbook, right? You're going to put the medium stacks at to tough spots, and I don't think he just had a lot of those, you know, spots where it was worth it, where he could he could put the medium stacks um, in in tough spots where instead of they could put him in a tough spot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because he he basically just always had those guys on his left who were either short or shortish. Yeah. You know, they they were like in that three bet. Right. range. And then he's got so a guess. You know, no, he, you know, okay, I got a right. call here with the, you know, the queen jack and or the queen, I mean, I'm sure he's opening queen 10, but he doesn't want to be in a spot where he has to call with like jack 8, you know what I mean? And and right. take a big chance there because you know a guy's light. And then instead of being, you know, 75 big blinds, you're, uh, you're you know, you're 52 big blinds and then you're a coin flip away from being in a bad spot, you know? So, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think he played really well and he, he gets a lot of grief for I think he called, he said he's the best player in the world after the tournament, right? Right. Come yeah. on, give the guy a break. He's 23 <laughs> years old and he just won the main event. Like, yeah. give him a break. He's gonna say something stupid. If he doesn't say something stupid, something's wrong with him. Like, yeah. It's he, you kidding me? If I won the main event, like <laughs> I would be. I know I'd say something dumb. I say something dumb five times a day. What do you think I'm? Gonna, I'm not gonna right. say it after the main event. So yeah, I, I think it's you know. And I know he believes he's one of the best players. I know he put up a pack. He's actually put up a package for high roller events, which I think is smart. He's not buying into them directly, um, right. and people think he's not plus EV in them, and, and he may not be. But as far as his his you know his boasting after the World Series, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, in fact, in fact, uh, I know somebody, or we know somebody who knows him. Um, Do we? His roommate, actually, Jay Lude is his roommate. Get out of here! I didn't realize that. No. Yeah. He's a member. Yeah, so I would love to ask him at some point I, if, if this is the case. I would not be surprised at all if Reese was essentially doing that as one big level. Ah. Like he said to his friends, "I'm going to say I'm the best player in the world on national television. Like it's going to be so funny." funny. Uh, it would not shock right. me a bit. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we might do. Right. Like if we were on the house out in Vegas and K- you know we were like, "Casey, you got to say something about how you know you're the well." Casey may, might actually be able to get away with yeah. that, but, yeah. but you know, we might say that to me. Right, you, right, you know, right, like, right. Dude, right. go up there and act all cocky and say how you're the best player in the world. Right. You know? Right. It, it just would not surprise me at all if he was just basically pulling one big level on yeah. everybody. Yeah. Like trying that. Cause, because by all other accounts, he seems like this, you know, the nicest guy in the world, yeah. you know, like from what friends say and, you know, his 
his family life seems all together and stuff like that. So, I don't know, hard to say, but I, I, there was never a point where I was like, wow, what a douche. Yeah, well, I'm definitely happy with him winning, right? Like, I think, you know, yeah. he was, he was, he played, you know, uh, one of the best, um, and that, he definitely deserved it. Yeah, I think he'll, you know, he's going to go out and he's going to play, sir. You know, well, he's always a circuit grinder, but, you know, he's obviously going to continue to do that and continue to play, and I think that's always good for the game when that guy's face is out there as opposed to just disappearing, which I'm not begging on Farber. I don't know if he would have disappeared or not, but I think there's a decent chance that we never see him at another final table again. Right. So, right. Um, you know, I think it's probably better that the champion is actually out there yeah. in the public eye to some degree. What would you think of the heads-up um, play? Uh, well, I, I guess it's kind of what everybody has said. Um, well, well, first of all, I guess the, the, that initial bluff by Farber was pretty sick. Yeah. Um, not sure I could have made that move. And I kind of wonder, I know he had, I think he had been coached by Deeb, and I'm kind of wondering if Deeb had kind of said something like try to pull a big move early to, right. to set some sort of image or whatever. But it became pretty clear late that Reese was definitely the best player, and everybody's talked about how he got hit by the deck and stuff, and yeah. he, he did. I mean, he was definitely making hands and stuff like that. But I still think it was clear he was miles ahead yeah. in terms of skill level. Although I, I will say there. that this might be some ninth level thinking that Clearly, uh, you know, he's a better player than me, but I did not get that queen call, that that really, really oh, the, call. I don't remember. Yeah, what, where he called with queen high. When he called with queen high and a really big pod, and I just didn't get that call. Like, I, I don't remember the details, so I, won't wanna, I don't want to belabor it and, and, and go too deep into it, but I think everyone kind of who watched, who listens to this probably watched the main event and knows what I'm talking about. I just don't get that call. Yeah, that was definitely weird. And I've made some, I mean... I'm not him, and it wasn't the main event. I've definitely made some calls sometimes where it's like, wow, that made absolutely zero sense. Right. Well, I mean, um, it probably has a lot to do with that hand that Farber bluffed early, you know? Yeah. But it was just, like, I didn't, even if, I, I think that he, like, if he thinks Farber's bluffing, a lot of times Farber's bluffing with the best hand, i.e. an ace. And given the way, right. I forget what the details of the hand were, but I think, you know, Farber's bluffs are ace bluffs. You know, right. that didn't pan out, or, or maybe even king bluff, or even king bluff, <laughs> right? So I'm not sure what he was expecting to see there. Another five six or whatever it was, you know, that was under the board, like, right. you know. So anyway, but that, that, that's the only thing like that I really had a problem with. Otherwise, I think he really, you know, chipped away at him and and grinded him down and got him in, you know, in in tough spots and then ran great. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna yeah. happen when you win, you know. Yeah, definitely ran great at the end, but yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he played well. I think he'll be a good, a good champ, if you will. Yep, I agree. So yeah, he'll be around. He'll be playing. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll have a chance to see if he really is the greatest player in the world. That's kind of what I've a lot of the stuff that I've been reading. It's like, well, he's playing all these high rollers yeah. and stuff. We're gonna find out real quick if he is indeed the best player I mean, in the it's world. Better, like you were saying, it's better have a guy who's gonna play high rollers than a guy who's not, right? Like you want to like. Yeah. I think Duhamel's great, right? Duhamel plays you know a ton of stuff. He's stuck around. He's he's proven himself in in big tournaments, you know, in, in high rollers and other 10Ks, and so it's nice to see the, 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 the main event champ out there and around as opposed to disappeared. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, in other live news, uh, should congratulate um, Corey, MJ23 Styles Wayland, for final tabling the Heartland Poker Tour main event out in Vegas. That's- uh, and it ended up finishing third, but a great run for him. Absolutely. Um, really like him too so I was very happy to see that happen yep. and as a transition into our strategy segment or our, our pro segment if you will we're going to bring in uh, Casey Jarzebeck and Tim Kelly 
Uh, they just got back from the World Series of Poker Circuit event up in Canada, yep. and both made a final table up there. So we're, uh, we figured it was apt timing to bring them in, and we'll talk some hands and Absolutely. probably do a little strategy analysis of some of their hands. I know they had one where they clashed, which I don't think will involve much strategy, but at least we'll get to talk to them about it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, congratulations to those guys. Well, well, we'll get those guys in here in a minute and talk a little strat. Cool. Anything else going on in your world? Nope. Ready to talk some poker, play some poker, and uh, and let's get at it. Let's go. Good to be back on the podcast. Cool. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll get Casey and Tim in here, uh, and we'll talk a little strat on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. If you are looking for the best MTG training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in our two pros for the evening, fresh off a relatively successful trip at the uh, circuit stop in Ottawa, Canada. T-Twist and the Big Dog Pocket Fives. How are you, gentlemen? What up, TP? It's been been a while, I think, since we've had either of you guys on the podcast, so uh, welcome back. Yeah, hey, man. How's it going? Glad to be here. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you here. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this circuit stop. Um, this was the first time, right, that the, the WSOPC was in Ottawa, or first time in Canada, period, right? Yeah, it wasn't in Ottawa. It was actually in Gatineau, which is right across the river from Ottawa. Ah, okay. Gotcha. But yeah, it was yeah, the, all the first time there, stuff. and it was really well done. It was, like, one of the nicer stops on tour, in my opinion, uh, just, like, really all about the players, and the venue was good, and the... Seating was good, and the dealers were good, and everything was really, it was really well done. It's pretty impressive, too, because um, I went to the the first circuit stop ever, or actually the first poker tournament ever in North Carolina, uh, which was a circuit event, and there was huge issues with, you know, everything from dealers to, like, food to, see, you know, not, not having enough tables, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty impressive that they pulled that off being the first time they ever did it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the first tournament started an hour late, but I think that's pretty standard for a first stop ever anywhere, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just to get but other than that, they worked out most of the issues pretty quickly, and we were off and running. Yeah, there was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, from the, Casey and I got there the night before event one, so we went and scoped out the place. Um, they had it set up in a theater, which was really interesting. And if you can picture a theater within a casino, you have your stage and then you have like your pit kind of where the musicians would be performing. And that's kind of where they had uh, the final table set up. And 
and all the media. And then as you would, your seats would get better, I guess, if you were there for a show, they had the levels of seating and the seats were moved and those were all poker oh, that's tables. That's yeah, so it was, it was like a, it was a really, like, it was almost like an amphitheater setup. It was, it was cool. But like Casey was saying, they, they didn't miss a beat. They did a lot of things that, uh, you know, that we're not used to as, uh, you know, as circuit grinders. Like, they gave you a free massage uh, certificate as soon as you signed into a tournament, right off the hop. They gave you your dinner buffet ticket right upon signing up, so you didn't have to grind out a short stack just to try to pick up a dinner ticket type thing. Right. <laughs> in, in the buffets, and you can ask Casey, they were, they were like five-star, like... The first one I had that night was like chicken cacciatore and smoked salmon and then all the trimmings and big salad bar to go with it and dessert bar. And that just was every night. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so and then you got to your table. Every day there was a different like uh, – um, like marketing, you know, they, 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 you know, something they're going to give away with their name in the WSOP. So first day it was a water bottle, and then the next day it was a T-shirt, and then the third day it was uh, the good old poker purse, you know, the man purse. Uh, the one <laughs> I need, I need yeah. one. Of <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if you made it to the final table, there was a hoodie waiting for you at your final table. Just like, <laughs> and then they they had you know announce when you got down to final two tables, they had like literally had a guy with a microphone announcing the action. And the rail was great, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, How's the play? How was the play? I'll let Casey go there. I mean, I just blabbed enough. I mean, the play was pretty standard for a live. I mean, right. there was if you're lucky, there was one or two competent players at your table, and the rest were just pretty shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know, flatting and folding the sea bets, and you know, it was standard donkaments pretty much. Was it like? Um, was it like you know? Six years ago, because they haven't had tournaments in this area, or I mean, I guess they've had other tournament stops, but not the WSOPC. Or was well, it like... an hour, an hour and a, half, a bit east is Montreal. Oh, okay, right. So, so they, they have the they have the WPT on the regular there right. now, and like a lot of big full tilt sponsored and poker star sponsored yeah. events. Yeah. So, right. but in C- Casey's just right. I mean, like the, it was the the fields were a little bit on the smaller side because it was the first time, um, but there was a lot of. Wow, head scratching type plays. I right. mean, uh, <laughs> well, there was one earlier that you told us about, Casey, when me and you and Mark were on Skype talking. That was just absurdly bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I can run through that hand real quick. There's not a lot of strategy to it, but I mean, just to give you a uh, idea of how bad the play was, um, I was like pretty close to chip leader with maybe sixty-five, seventy k, and there was a guy at my table with about fifty-five k, so he was probably in top five or six in chips. And the big blind's 1K, and he made it 2K, and I flatted with threes. And the flop came um, five, no, six three deuce, I believe, and I had three three. And he bet like 2K, and I made it 4K. And uh, he called, and the turn came as six, so I had a full house. And he checked to me, and I made it like something really small, like 4,500. And he called, and then the river came a, a four, I believe. So there was like four cards to a straight, and uh, I just piled like 50k, and the guy snapped off 45k with tens. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like a dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, and I I've told a couple people this one. Um, pre-flop action, I had a guy like with 35 big blinds behind. When he when I, I what how'd the action go? Uh, uh, he three bet me, and I and I four bet jammed. 
And he looks at me and goes, I seen you make this move earlier. And then he stopped and tanked and looked at his watch. And looked up at <laughs> looked up at the board at the uh, the uh, you know the score clock or whatever you want to call it, the, t- the the board and goes ah uh, yeah I think it's that time <laughs> and pushed in on a calling a four bet shove with ace ten of spades and I had RR oh that's funny <laughs> we got a, I got in in Quebec the cards are in French so I must say R's are kings D's <laughs> are queens and V's are jacks so it's like wah. Uh, Dame and Valet. It's hilarious. Oh God, that would have fucked um, me up so bad. <laughs> and talking with Mike Lee at Goalies Go A, he's like, I've been in France and they don't even use these confusing cards. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's it's the tradition in Quebec. Any casino you go to across across the province has, you know, uh, Quebec uh, uh, French cards, and it's just their culture, and I we respect that. And it was it was a funny running joke for the first couple of days of the tournament when everyone got used to it, but at, after a while, it was just it's you know. It's what beats what, right? so right, yeah. I got pocket V's, yo. Yeah, so pocket V's. It was it was funny. It was funny. So it was actually right. a little bit hard to get used to because, like, when you when you usually peel at cards, you look at sevens. You just need to peel your card a little bit. But when you're not sure what it is, you got to open it all the way to see the picture to find out what face card you actually have. It's kind of a tell, you know. Right, like they always yeah. know you have a face card. A right, card. you're right. Casey's right. The R, the D, and the V all have a top tick at the top of the ah, card. They're identical. Hard. So you yeah. might peel out a little tick and another little tick because people like to peel with their cards. And you're like, oh, God, I could have R's here. It was really funny. We started like almost having like a pirate chant. R. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, what's this pirate talk? You got it, was, it was so funny, man. We just, uh, yeah. That's funny. Um, were you ever able to use that to your advantage, like where you knew the guy had a a face card? I mean, sometimes, but I mean, most of the people there, literally, most of the people, there were some really good, well-known pros there, like Scott Montgomery was there, and uh, yep. Murphy Adi was there, so there were some good guys, but for the, the most French. part, everybody was French, and they, they 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 knew the cards, you know what I mean? Right, right. So right. We got super deep with uh, in, in, a, in a tournament that Mike Leah and I were in, again, Mike Leah, and he they gave us out these little cards that broke it down and translated it. In the middle of a hand, Mike's like, hold on, and went to his pocket and pulled out his, like, his go-to card. <laughs> and he funny. put it back in his pocket. He goes, okay, I'm good here. I know what I have. It, it, it just, it, we were having fun with it. He's like, oh, I'm leveling with reverse tells and stuff. Yeah. So funny. But, yeah. Too good. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to make that a stop for the TP crew at some point. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely a worthwhile stop. I mean, it was a lot of fun, and like I say, well put on and stuff like that. So I recommend it. Well, the fields must have been pretty soft because you guys both made final tables. So. Yeah, I mean, that's true as well. It's pretty <laughs> obvious that the fields were weak when me and Tim both made a final table in six tournaments. <laughs> so, Casey, talk a little bit about uh, the tournament you went deep in. Uh, it was just a 360 buy-in. Um, I made the final table. I came in third in chips, and I got third. So, I mean, not really happy with it. Uh, I... Got it in in a really bad spot and didn't get home, and that was that. I don't know what else to say except for I suck. I can't beat old men at final tables, apparently. (laughs) At least you didn't get, like, six-bet bluffed with seven deuce. That's true. I didn't do that. (laughs) Listen, I got all the respect for that old man. Like, I got to be honest with you. When there was two tables left... Casey was like to the guy's left, and every the whole rail was behind the old guy, and he was showing everybody his cards. 
And so, like, I kind of uh. even felt weird. Like, I'm like, oh, I got, I'm moving down. I just don't want to be, like, looking at his hand and just giving away stupid... Like, so, but anyway, he, he made some absurd moves with the most craziest cards, and he, he check-raised a river one time to this kid, like, on the final table bubble, and showed King Six off. But the crazy part about it is I knew he had King Six off. And when I went and seen him make this move, I'm like, oh, my God, he's 73 and has balls of brass. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was so sick. And then he showed the guy the bluff, and I'm like, oh my lord! Wow. So, well, Cager's got some moves. It was just I didn't think it. It was very difficult to play against the guy, to be honest. In some respect, because I mean, he yeah, so... he had moves, but he he wasn't as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean he wasn't. And well, he ultimately uh, won the event. Just for the record, so yeah. Well, I mean, my pot with him was over a million was chips, absurd. and there was only one point five million in play. So, was it an yeah. interesting hand or a cooler? Um, he flopped the flush with King Jack of Diamonds, and I had the Ace of Diamonds in my hand, and I ended up pushing them all in with the nut flush draw, and he had the he had the flush already, and I didn't yeah. get there. Right. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I mean, nothing great, but it's yeah. the one time in the tournaments there that I got it in bad. I got it in pretty good in every tournament I played except for that one where I was at a final table. Yeah, it sounded like you ran pretty absurdly bad. Yeah, the first few tournaments, I uh, I didn't run great. Um, just the way it goes, I guess, in live poker. You know, everybody thinks they run bad in live poker, so maybe they yeah, do. I don't sure. know. It's just the way it is for me, it seems. LOL sample size, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You're just so tough to put a real good sample size together. Yeah. But... No, me and Casey. Tim, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Tim, how about you? I know you, uh, you had your final table as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was an interesting day to start right away. It was the, uh, it was the 1K, but it was, it's weird. It was like an $1,125 buy-in. So. But yeah, it was, oh, yeah, and this, this was the tournament with the hand, right? With What do you mean? <laughs> oh, the clash yeah, with the it was the clash of, <laughs> well, not the Titans, the Titan against <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It, it was okay to, to get me right before I got to uh, Casey. Uh, I was started at another table, and the, I, the day started out really good. I won every pot I was in, and I made quad aces where I got action. And I had a guy at the table pay me an, uh, an ultra call. He's like, "Wow, nobody in the world knew you had quad aces there." And I'm like, "Thank you." It was a, a very interesting spot. So I had a ton of chips right off the hop. Get over to get moved, and of course I get moved to Casey's table right across from him. Casey's in like the six hole. I get moved to the ten hole, and I don't even know how many hands we played together total. Like Case, how many was it? Like I don't know, five it? or six. Yeah, Not a lot. And then, yeah, so I just got super lucky. Bottom line, um, under the gun opens. We're in like the fifth hand. Under the gun opens. Uh, Casey three pops it. Under the gun open to three hundred. The big line was one fifty, and yeah. I made it. I made it seven fifty, and then Tim four bet me to two thousand. Right, that's exactly. how it went. And then the under the gun got out of the way, and Casey five bet piled, and I didn't even <laughs> hesitate. And I we both flip. Casey has ace ace, and I have rr for king king. <laughs> the flop. I mean, I have. I, I mean, I just, I think I had backdoor cards. What is it, nine ten? Yeah. And then I binked the king on the turn. And, wow. and you yeah. didn't get punched in the face or anything? <laughs> well, not yet. Yeah, I just said good game and moved on. I mean, that's how I ran in the, pretty much in the early tournaments. I, uh, 
like again that was like level two and I couldn't make level three for the first three or four tournaments I just I just was getting it in in good spots like it was a gazillion chips with Tim's pot but I knew he was never ever four betting me in that spot ever without a monster hand right so I just piled like 150 yeah. 200 big blinds like because I yeah. just know he has an absolute beast of a hand. Like, I would never pile there against anyone else because I'm not sure what they have. But in that spot where Tim cold fouring, the UTG in my three bet, he has to have a monster. Yeah. It'll, like, it might not even be queens. Yeah, he well, might cause... even fold queens, but I don't know. But, I, I, like, I'm thinking he has, like, definitely queens, kings, or aces. Like, those are the options. Those, are, If he has jacks, he's just flatting my three bet. Like, right. A right. hundred million percent, I am like I am never calling his rip with queens. I'll just I'll actually th- throw it over and show it to him. Well, I'm yeah. not sure that's true because you well, snap so I don't, fast with kings. And I'll no, but I don't think nah because you're never doing that with jacks, right? You're never five bet piling me with jacks and that. At least I would hope not. I mean that would be that would be a great move, but I would I just never would see that coming from you in that spot. And in, I think in Casey's spot, he has to consider the situation, and I have to consider the situ- situation because I mean he's got a big piece of me in that tournament to be honest. So he's like, you better win it when he walks away because I have a good I have a, he has a good piece. So I don't think he. In level one of a tournament, or was it even level two, or oh, it was maybe level three, he's ever doing that with jacks. So I would easily right. be able to fold queens if he five bet piled me, I think. Right. Under the situation, I might make an awful play. Yeah, I guess some of that depends a little bit on the situation, the dynamics. Like, <clears throat> like there's always that interesting, like, well, would he fuck with me because we're friends? Yeah, and we, and we fuck all with me even more. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> together forever, right? Traveling around, we always trade off pieces of each other. Not, and, not in level three, two hundred big blinds deep. Yeah, right. uh, exactly. Not, never, not screwing up my whole tournament just to just to right. be a, just to be yeah exactly just to fart around you know. But you might do that to like me or Mark in a Venetian three fifty or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> just pile like queen jack of spades. But not again, not one hundred fifty big blinds. Like if I don't have a real hand, he makes it two thousand. I'm just yeah. gonna make it like thirty three seventy five and fold. I still have fucking twelve k in chips. Right. You know what I mean? Big blinds one fifty. <laughs> Did you give any thought to any other option, like just flatting or like rate, like or no? Just because like... I knew he was gonna call. I knew he had queens, kings, or aces. So it's the yeah, only hand you can have. Yeah. He like, so I'm like I can have I ace. Get I, as many chips bet. As I, can. I mean, I'm gonna four bet ace king there. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you are. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would. If I had Ace-King, I'd probably just flat your fucking 2,000. So I'm not sure if that's wise to be... Like, you know, I, I bet I, for me, like when you 3-bet initially, if I have Ace-King that deep, I think I'm 4-betting you. Okay. Right? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Even but still, yeah. Like, I feel like more times than not, in that situation where he's 4-betting me... After UTG raises, he has a hand. He's going to call my shovel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I yeah, wasn't trying to it. kill the action with the shove. I wanted him to snap call, and he did. Yeah, and, yeah. and the other thing is, is, like, hey, I've seen people fold kings in this spot on television, to be honest with you. Like, if you're if there's ever a grounds for folding kings pre-flop, like everyone always talks about, right? Because it's the, it's the highly disputed hand of folding pre-flop if you ever do it, right? Is yeah, like switch 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 positions. Casey, say you're Tim with his hand, and it was the World Series main event. 
Would you fold kings in that spot? Well, I mean, that, I said that to him, and uh, yeah, like, I think he kind of got offended. I said, you know, you should just think about that for one second. I don't blame you for calling with kings. But you snap called, and you got to think about every decision for one second. Like, yeah. what hand am I doing that with? Because I know for a fact I'm not ripping queens there. Right. Because I know he has a monster. I'm Like, I'm just not ripping queens there, ever. Yeah, like you got you to stop and think like, well, what's Casey put me on? No, I don't blame him for calling with Kings. That's no, not no, what I'm no, saying. but I, I, I of... called so fast it was not even funny. That's what he's trying to say. I really didn't yeah. even consider anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm if if I have Ace King, I'm flatting the two thousand. I'm not yeah. trying to fucking five bet get it in there with Ace King against right. the guy I clearly know has. Like when you five bet Ace King, you you a lot of times you think there's a chance the guy's gonna fold. I knew he wasn't folding. Like a hundred percent, I knew he wasn't folding. Yeah, you know. I can't tell you how many times I walked away from a live tournament saying, "I wish I stopped and thought a little bit more about." It. Yeah, and <laughs> I wish I was good enough to stop and think a little more. <laughs> I can't. Um, but you know, I, I I've had I had one guy ask me, and because we, we've talked about it, and he's like, "Well, have you ever folded kings preflop?" And I'm like, I, I can think of of five times and it's all the same situation and it's always been in a satellite when I'm healthy and it's one or two uh, eliminations from a seat. Right. I, then I can clearly remember them. And they're like those big saddies back on stars back in the day, like an $8 rebuy for the Sunday million. Yeah. I pulled an ace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's not, well, I'm not like, times, they're but. giving away 26 seats. I'm four of 29 uh, or four of 28 or four of 27. And I pick up Kings. I'm like, right. there's no point here. This is a zero yeah. point. I'm just, I mean, you can mini-raise for fun, but if you feel any pressure, yeah, just gone. I'm not even interested. And then, like, yeah. five hands later, it's over, and you're in the Sunday Million. But in a situation like uh, with Casey here, Casey's right. It needs to be stopped and thought about, and you need to consider it. And if you're ever gonna, Yeah, you probably still call, but... <laughs> I know, because you're right. I'm not probably not good enough to fold in that spot. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've ever folded kings in a live tournament pre-flop ever. So. Like I don't know how to bro- broach the subject with him because it sounds like I'm bitter because he cracked my aces, but I'm not. But I really think that you got to stop and think at least for a split second. You know, there's like different dynamics when it's your buddy and he has a piece of you in. Like you're right. Like am I, like, am I, am I ever doing that life? Probably not. You know. Yeah. Am I doing it with queens? Never. Can he think I'm doing it with queens? Absolutely. <laughs> So you definitely you, he right. he ends up calling if he thinks about it. There's no doubt about it. But I still think it's smart to always just think so, about yeah. it for a split second. Like yeah, my hands, I didn't even give it a split second. My range for overshoving, uh, you know, 150, 200 big blinds is is pretty narrow there, man. It's pretty freaking narrow. Calling for a chop. <laughs> Is for like, me, you know what I mean? I'm calling for a chop. That's how narrow it is. Like, if yeah, I have ace-king of hearts, I'm flatting his back. Yeah. Well, what will you do with kings there, Casey? I'll, I'll probably pile kings, too, but you know what? Uh, there's a good chance I think that he has aces. So maybe I just maybe I just flat the kings and then just fold and give up. Because I still have 150 right. big blinds against a whole bunch of fish. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I might not even shove kings. That's pretty interesting. It's actually a, more of an interesting hand. Like when I was first getting ready for the podcast, I was like, "Well, we probably won't talk any strat with that hand." But it actually turns out to be a little more interesting than 
not so much in terms of the hand itself, but some of the you know, uh, like uh, not to go too far into it, but I think if the hands were reversed and he five bet shoved me like that, I would fold kings. Yeah. To him, almost to anybody else in the world, but because of the friend dynamic and the peace of each other, um, not be- I wouldn't fold kings because we were friends. Like if that's coming off like that. That's uh, I'm saying, but because we're friends, I know he's not liked. Yeah, you that's just know it about right. him. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Because, because we're friends, I know he's not light. I might just fold Kings and say, screw it, I'll just keep my 150 big lines and, and play against anyone else because he could have aces here. Like right. That's a very, 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 very good possibility. I think if right. the shoes were reversed, I would have folded the Kings. But I no. don't think it was a bad call. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just no. saying if it was reversed, I think I probably would have folded. Not good enough. And then Tim would have never made the final table. <laughs> yeah, because it okay. even got it even got crazier after that. So, like that hand ends and and, and it changes, and like literally ten hands later, um, I open deuces and a guy three bets me, and I have so many chips. And a girl, the girl, a girl in like the four seat flats, and so I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the flop goes eight three deuce. And he bets out, she raises, I call uh, I call the raise, and the original guy gets out of the way, and I turn a, another four of a kind. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. So I made four aces, and I stacked my buddy here with kings, and now I've made four deuces. I have 50K here. I'm the easy chip leader at, at, like, 150 big blind, and then it was just easy from that to make chips all day long when you start out like that. Yeah. It's just yeah, that, no, nothing yeah, so much, anyone can do. So much room to work. Like, I can six-bet and fold for crying out loud, and you don't even notice. And did you stack that check? Oh, yeah, stacked her, because it was, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we got it on the turn there. I'm sorry. She had a boat? No, she said queens. Oh, on wow. And, on, like, what did I say, 8-3-deuce board or 9-3-deuce board or whatever? Yeah, she said queen, eight, queen. Eight, three, deuce, That's what deuce, Casey's so. saying. Like, they just, like, it, it, was, it was crazy soft, so. So, my God, I have a pair. Yeah. Get it in. Yeah. <laughs> So Tim didn't run too good to get to the final. <laughs> no, and then yeah, you yeah. know, then it's standard play from them. But the one one situation I like, so okay, so I get to the final table, and I I bag three of ten, and I have two hundred sixty four k. We get to the final table. Uh, someone gets eliminated, and there's nine. How many big? How many bigs is that that you came? To the we final came table to the with? final table with like ten minutes left at four thousand, eight thousand. Okay. And then, fairly deep, but not like yeah. And nice. so yeah, but it, it was it was pretty good. I have two sixty four at four eight. We, we play that level out. It goes to uh, five thousand, ten thousand, and I chip right up. Like I I get right up there. I get up to four hundred and thirty k. Wow. And That's really That's yeah, and I go. We go to break. Um, I'm two of nine. And I have the chip leader right on my uh, right-hand side. It's like an absolute dream situation. Tim, did you get involved in any hands with Mike Wilson? I, I know I tweeted this at you. Mike uh, Mike is a friend of ours. Yeah, Mike actually was right on my member. left. He's a member yep. of the site, and, and we go back a ways. Yeah, we played together You know, when it was down to three tables. We played a lot together in that tournament. It was great. He's a good guy. We yeah. get along really good. He uh, like He's just a really good guy. He is. Um, so yeah, we uh, yeah he was right on my left, and, that, and the chip leader was right on my right, and he tangled in a few pots and got kind of shortish a little bit, and so we, I come back from break, I'm two of nine, healthy, and this is where it just absolutely falls apart. Uh, like the, the very first hand after break, um, eleven big blinds rips, 
and I look down at Ace King and obviously get it in there in that spot. He turns over Jack-Jack, and I don't get there. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I lose 130000 or 140000 what's all said and done with blinds and annies. So I'm like, okay, right back down to like, un- I have 290 again. Um, so we come back to, to uh, from after playing 510 to 6000 12000 And so the next hand I have like 290, um, pay the blinds and annies, get a pickup eights and raise, get three bet. Uh, I look at the situation, I'm like, geez, the guy's three bet me so small. I, I put 12K in, and the flop goes ace, king, 10. I check, he bets, and I just muck. Okay, so that's wait, the second wait. hand. I'm like, oh, boy. What this happened is you, had, you had eights and open. Eight, eight. What position? You had eights from, from what position? From under the gun plus two. Okay, and then you got three bet by... Like 24,000, with 24, 20, 24 big blinds live. I'm and like, okay, so I open, and the guy small three bets me small. I just call, um, which you know you could you could consider even in that spot. Like, geez, I'm like wow, four bet pile here, but whatever, just call. And uh, so, like I said, ace queen ten, and I check, and he bets out, and I just tank. And I'm like, okay, fold. I'm like, wow, this is really fun, and I have 21 big blinds to start. So the next hand, I'm fold, gone. So it's a third hand, fourth hand. Um, I'm in the big blind. It folds all the way around to the chip leader in the small blind. Uh, I start the hand with 21 big blinds, and this is where you, you know you can talk a little bit strategy of exactly what to do. Um, he opens. I look down. Ace queen of clubs. <laughs> I'm like in my head. I'm like, is, is this really happening to me right now? <laughs> and I make the decision to three bet shove that spot. Okay, chip leader opening a small blind. Ace queen of clubs, but. There is – here's the thing. Mike Wilson on my left is, has less chips than me still at this point after I've you know, leaked off – not leaked off, just you know, melted away my stack. There's two other players at the table who are like 11 and 8 big blinds. So ICM implications, almost like, geez, I'm like, can I really be that much of a fish here and just like even this, like flat here? Never. I can't just flat this bet. This is what's going through my head. Um, do I three-bet call? Or three bet and fold to his pile, uh, you know. Or do I, you know, what's the options here in this spot? I'm like, it's small blind to big blind. Like I, like it's just. I mean, piling can never be terrible. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> and so obviously, piling was my decision. And, and how deep were you to start? Like, do you say twenty one big? So like I went from those those hands, and I'm down to twenty one big blinds to start the hand. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I mean, so that's I how because I think you might get called by ace-jack there, whereas then you're playing a weird, you know, then, then you're not getting those chips from him otherwise. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, never in my life have I ever been taught or played to, like, play that spot passively in any situation. I mean, it's small blind to big blind against the chip leader, who he wasn't a very hugely competent player, but you just don't accumulate 680K um, when I, you know, like by being a bad player, you got to give him some level of competency. It is a one k. You're at a final table, so whatever. Um, he's opening like way behind my ace queen range, so you know what I mean. Yep. What do you think, Casey? Like, do you ever flat there just because of the ICM implications? Well, this is the first time I heard the eight eight story. I probably would never have played that hand that way. Um, I, I probably am not flatting a three bet, leaving myself only twenty one big lines. Um, but with the ace queen. 
I would have to, like, the, the same thing happened at my final table where a guy shoved me and I had ace-king, and I, I asked for a count of every single player at my table because I wanted to figure out how many big blinds were all around. So, right. I mean, unless I know the stacks of every single player at the table, I can't really determine how bad of an ICM mistake it was. But, uh, I mean, it can never be awful, three-bet ripping, ace-queen suited, small blind to big blind. Right. For 21 bigs. Well, I, I mean, I guess yeah. It's also important to know the pay jumps, I guess, in that situation. Like, well, that's how what I'm talking about with it. ICM and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Like the literally, pay. a guy three bet ripped me at my final table, and I was second in chips at the time, or third in chips at the time, and I had ace king, and I'm like, man, do I even want to call here? Because I mean, it, it, I, if I lose this pot, suddenly I'm screwing myself, and there's all these shorties. It was like people with three big lines. I ended yeah. up calling because I I always play just to win, and the guy had ace jack, and I held so. But, I mean, there there's always consideration to fold, even if you know. Even if, it, you know, there could be spots where you have aces and it's still right to fold. Because there's just so many short stacks or whatever. I mean, it would be an absurd situation probably. But. I mean, like, absurd, yeah. Like, you have $70 million at the main event final table, and another guy has $70 million at the main event final table, and he rips you in, and there's six guys with $4 million, it, right. it might be wise to fold and, you know, let a couple of these guys go out and make a few million dollars. It's almost like what uh, Joseph Chong was going on. 20, yeah, instead of taking the 20% chance that you're out of the tournament. Yeah. You that, know what I that's mean? That's kind of like what Joseph Chong right. was, was banking on against Duhamel when they were three-handed. Like when, right. uh, when, when he, his name was when short. When he 5-bet ripped the A7 or whatever, right? He, yeah, he 5-bet ripped A6 and... Uh, What's John Raisner was kind of short there, so he and and they were kind of even stacked. So I think he was going exactly with that mentality that that you know it's an ICM move there, which he got killed for. But I can see why he did it given given the pressure that he's putting on Duhamel. Same situation you're you're referring to there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm. I mean, I'm a way bigger nit than any of you guys. So, like, I might flat there sometimes just because there are all those short stacks, and I don't know. I'm in position in the big blind, and I can just sort of play the hand really easily post-flop, I guess, but that's not at all to criticize shoving there, because online I shove in a heartbeat and don't even think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Casey's right. There's a lot of factors to consider, but at the, I think it does boil down to a shove there. Um, especially Like we said, you probably do get called like slightly worse. Um, Casey, I'm curious about the 8-8. What do you do there with the 8? Like I was, when we were talking about the 8-8 hand, I, was, I wasn't sure I was calling either. Um, do you, what do you do, though? You, can you? Well, I mean, I had that exact situation at my final table four-handed. I had 7-7 seven, seven where I, I opened, and a guy three-bet me, and I had 21 bigs, and I'm just like, I'm all in. Like, I'm, Or I had, like, 24 bigs. I'm, like, I'm never I'm never just flatting there. Like, it doesn't seem right to me. Like, But it's different four-handed as opposed to nine. I, I don't know if it is different because you're, you, got, you had a lot of short stacks. Like, why give away that equity? All that uh, that equity is money right now. Like, if you're just planning on not hitting and folding, you're better off just to fold pre. Yeah, and my, I think I got caught up in thinking, hey, is there even a chance here that I could have, like, the best hand? Like, 
If you, I, I mean, I if know, it's just a flip spot where it's ace king, ace queen, ace jack. Even if you, if you think there's a possibility, you might have the best hand, but you're gonna shut it down anyways. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter unless it's so sick because it's like a fence spot. Like, what do you do with nines? It's not really even a fence spot. In what? Okay, where where's like like I guess tens? You're gonna like if you have thirty straw, big blinds, flatting is fine. Uh huh. If you have twenty one, like no, I I didn't have twenty one at that time. You that's after called the hand, and, you 20, after called the and hand, full. I, I left myself with twenty one big blinds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a fold three. It's a fold or shove. Like in my opinion, it's a fold. So or just shove. Ra- you mean raise fold? No, I mean raise. And if you the guy's been aggressive and, and you know he think you think he's full of shit, pile pre. And if he's been nitty and you he hasn't been aggressive and you think he may have it here, fold. Yeah, that's what I said. But raise. when you're you're being flop dependent with twenty one big blinds left, it, it, it's wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, this is the first time I heard about that hand, or I would have told you at the time. The hand made me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I wonder. I, I mean, I guess online, I you might even just rip that hand pre like. I, I think ripping ripping is uh, certainly 20, better. Twenty five big blinds live ripping eight eight. No, yeah, live. I don't think I do that. Oh, I gotta never do that. But what what position were you in against him? You were early like position? under the gun plus two. And then who, so who was this? He that was twenty five big blinds deep as well, Tim. He was effectively as deep as you. Uh yeah. By that I mean time, that's even more in my mind. That's even more reason to rip it because you could then you put him in the ICM position. So you you mean four bet shove, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like I mean, shove or fold it is is the two better options in my opinion. I like and either one of those better than. There's even a factor that I could have been uh, slightly tilted from um, having the ace king turn out the way it did against jacks, and then being three bet there. After opening the eights, oh yeah, I'm sure some of those dynamics certainly come yeah. into play. Where you're just like, like, doesn't he feel strong to you though? Like play. you're opening under gun plus two, you just open ace king, you lost some two. Like, doesn't he feel super strong there? I didn't open ace king. I called the guy shove. Oh, okay, For, okay, All right. Still feels strong to me though. You open an under gun plus two, and and is this guy like a nit or is he like? Aggressive? Oh, he's the guy who ended up winning. Was he a nit? Uh, no, he, he gets competent. He was he pretty good. Competent. I mean, that guy, that older older guy with the long hair, Tim? Older guy with the long hair, no. What what was his name that won? Andre Smith. He was the blonde-headed guy. Oh. He won. Oh, yeah, I would have ripped that. Did you you ever ask him what he had? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, actually, what happened with the Ace Queen? Well, in the the end, the the guy nit-rolled me. He had Ace King. Oh. Oh. Um, he went into. He he thought about it, and you know I, I don't give the guy consider. And after talking about it with Casey, I don't give the guy consideration for a slow roll there. Like he he may have. At first you're like he slow rolled and he slow rolled, and I'm like Tim, he didn't slow roll you, bro. The guy doesn't know any better. He's like. Yeah. He it he took w- him about forty five seconds after I shoved all in guys to get Ace King in there. So he was thinking about folding. It wasn't that he was like. Oh man, uh, I'm slow rolling this clown. He was thinking about folding, you know. Yeah, it sounds like a classic knit roll as opposed to a classic yeah. low roll. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I snap call, but of course. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, it was just after that. It was congratulations on ninth. 
that sucks coming back two and nine and finishing ninth. That's so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it happens, man. It's okay. Uh, you gotta gotta win flips. Yeah. We teach that here at Tournament Poker. <laughs> actually, I'm actually gonna go back and rewatch some of those videos. How to win at eflip.com. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. Right on. Well, nice run, mm-hmm. obviously, but better result next time, I'm sure. Yeah, it was a bunch of fun, though. And Casey, uh, any interesting hands from your? I mean, I'm sure you had some some doozies from your run. I mean, I had one uh, pretty interesting hand that got, like, literally a roar from the crowd when I made the call. Oh, nice. So <laughs> These are always my favorites. Yeah, I can tell you the hand. Um, I raised UTG with the ace-queen of spades. UTG plus one flats me. And then um, a real spewy guy also flats uh, I start the hand with about 25 bigs. The guy on my left has about 22 bigs, and the other guy was a little bit deeper than both of us. Mm-hmm. So flop came the jack of diamonds, ten of diamonds, four of hearts. So I flopped the gutty to Broadway. No plus draw for me. I had ace, queen of spades. I was first act and getting kind of short, so I wanted to kind of see where I was in this this pot so I check um, the Asian guy to my left checks behind me and then the spewy guy leads like two big blinds like something relatively small and uh, I, I'm not really sure what he has he could have anything so I decide just to flat and kind of see what he's going to do on the next street Mm-hmm. Um, so I flat and the Asian guy piles. Wow. The spewy guy folds and then it gets back to me and I just start thinking out loud and I'm literally talking out loud and there's a crowd of people at this point cause I think we're down to two tables. Um, yeah, there's, and 14, announcing there's 14 it. left. Yeah. They're announcing it. So like I'm, I'm thinking out loud. I'm like, Okay, you don't have jacks here because you three bet me pre. You don't have tens here because you you three bet me pre. I guess you could have four four. That makes sense. But the only hand that makes sense to me that I'm losing to right now is ace jack. More than likely you have diamonds or you have like king queen and you have a straight draw. And I have ace queen, so I'm ahead of that. Right. Like, Casey, can you clarify? Doesn't... You said he doesn't have jacks because he would have three bet you free, or he did. He didn't three bet you free, right? He would have. He, he would have three bet me free, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Okay. So I'm like, you don't have jack. So I'm, I'm like, I'm literally like, this has to be a draw. This literally has to be a draw. What do you have? King I'm queen. Like, Am I right? Like I'm talking to the guy. I'm like, I'm beat by ace jack. That's it. That's the only hand you're shoving here. I that I figure I'm losing to maybe four four. So um, I talk it out in my head for five minutes and I call. And then he goes. Great call, and he turns over ace-queen of hearts, and I have ace-queen of spades. We ended up chopping the pot, but the turn was a heart to give him a free roll. Oh, oh that would have oh. sucked. <laughs> yeah, but when I made the call with ace-queen, everyone said, oh, my God, you called that with ace-high, and people were, like, going absolutely absurdly nuts. <laughs> that is a sick call. And I wonder, thank- can he ever have jack-10 there? I guess he wouldn't shove jack-10. I mean, I I, I, the way it was playing, like, the, the way the guy was playing, I don't think he was flatting my UTG with Jack-10. 25 right. bigs or 26 bigs, you know? 
I, I just didn't even consider that he could have that hand. Yeah, never. Not on UTG one with Yeah, minutes. and Jackson tens didn't make sense. Yeah, so four is the only thing that uh, four is an ace jack going, and that that really that, that's what how, what I felt, and I felt like a, a huge percentage of the time he has king queen. That's what and I just I, said, right? This was the key factor for me. Like I uh, like I'm like okay, he has king queen. Unless it's king queen of diamonds, I, I'm actually way ahead here. Right. With my ace high, uh, so I call. That was don't the you think? Factor. Don't you think most of the king, like, I think with the king queens, it's. I don't know if he does that with all his king queens. Like, I think he does that almost exclusively with king queen diamonds. Maybe half of the time with other suits, but I don't know that done? because he did shove ace queen. Yeah, you're right. So he definitely is going to do it with yeah. king queen. You're right. You're right. You're right. I guess I just give him <laughs> too much credit. Yeah, you're right. And to take note, um, Casey took advantage of the rule change they made last year at the WSOP where he was allowed to talk it out loud once the guy shoves all in. Because that was actually a rule change. What Casey did like 14 months ago was not allowed to happen. Right. Yeah, and so under that exact situation where Casey's last to act and it's heads up and your opponent's all in like that, that fellow was, Casey's allowed to speak out loud like that. So, Were you getting any like reads off the guy while you're talking? Was that part of your reasoning for doing it? Um, I, I was, he was kind of like stone-faced and stuff like that, but I wasn't getting any real reads. But, I mean, I, everything I was saying to myself made like a lot of sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I'm talking yeah. him out, I'm like, can there be anything else here? Is there something I'm missing? He has 8-9. Like, he has, like, does he have, like, King Jack? Would he do this at King Jack? Probably not. Like, I raised on a So, like, I, the way I talked it out, like, uh, I'm just, like, I convinced myself. <laughs> You're like, man, I'm a genius. I think I'm right. I call. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Literally, I said, I know it's a draw. I call. <laughs> he turned over. He's like, "You're right. I'm on a draw. Ace queen." And then I turned over my ace queen, and it was just like fucking, <laughs> literally an eruption. This there was a security guard. He's like, puts his hands on his head, and he's like, "Oh my god, how did you know that?" And like, they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy in Quebec. It's, it's... <laughs> oh, that's so funny. He must have been so happy to see ace queen. Yeah. When you get called yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't think. He, I don't think he thought I was calling him that light when I called him. Yeah. Wow. Too funny. Yeah, it was good times. Nice. Any other uh, any other interesting spots from either of you guys? I mean, Tim, uh, you got a hand or two, I'm sure. Yeah, there. Like, I had a lot of deep runs, to be honest with you. I mean, it was. Yeah, like, it seemed like you were going deep. In yeah, a lot of the stuff. funniest thing off the hop, though, I can back it up a bit. Casey and I driving there, we're like, man, all these years we've been traveling together. Casey and I have never played at the same table, ever. <laughs> so the oh, first really? tournament, yeah. the first tournament there, event one was a re-entry. You could re-enter. And I bust, and so I re-entered. For the record, on the way, the drive up, I guaranteed that we were playing together at some point. That is, I, I, that is true. I will give them that. So, the, uh, of course, the re-entry, I get uh, seated at Casey's table for the first time and proceed to play one hand and bust again. <laughs> it, was like, oh, wow. it was like a seven-way limped pot. I had seven, eight of diamonds. And the flop went eight, eight and... Two diamonds, and I had like uh, eight high, two diamonds. Eight high, two diamonds, and yeah. I'm like, geez, I, I mean, I'm not good enough to pull it here again. <laughs> and the guy had two pair, and another guy had nines, and the, and the two pair uh, made a boat on the turn, and it was all she wrote. So we lasted one hand, and then the <laughs> next time we played together again was obviously the one K, 
Um, I mean, I did a lot of floating with air and then leading turns, and that seemed to work all day long against these people. You know, they would raise, I would yeah. just float any, or flat any two, and then they would see bet, and I would just flat, and then they would check, and I would just bet oh. and win. Yeah. yeah, I think that, like, the soft spot there in a lot of these is, like, Online, like people are like on auto float because it's everyone's on auto seabat. So you have to really understand your two barrel spots real well and, and then just take them. And like especially online. You know what I mean? You gotta be looking for a ton of good two barrel spots all the time because everyone's on auto float. Where I find live, like there's still so much credibility in the seabat to where if you can really hammer out a lot of good two-barrel spots and know how to handle them the way you would online and take that live, there's, they're still a little bit behind, especially in these more softer areas outside of like Atlantic City and the South and L.A. and Nevada, right, where right. they're playing kind of not like old school, but they're just not there if they're not putting volume online in the key spots. And like Casey says, so many... Uh, like so many ta- raisin takes with sea bats, it was sick. And then when you, they did float your sea bat, man, I, I picked up so many pots with like with complete air, just when I picked up a good two barrel spot, you know, based on the turn. And then you just two barrel, yeah. and they're like muck. Yeah. So I don't know. All yeah, in all, good but, times in Gatineau. <laughs> good old Gatineau. It did seem like the floating thing had caught on, certainly in Vegas this past summer, like. I found myself getting floated a ton. Are you playing deep so, enough, though, in those tournaments for, for floating to work? Like, like oh, yeah. You know, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, the right. tournaments were super deep till late, late. Okay, well, there, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did... Uh, I, I, I uh, got three from the money, I think, or four from the money in one tournament. I got it in super good, too. You know, nine's the A7, and the guy binked an ace on the river. And it was, it was awful, because I was in the 10 seat. And everyone at the table seen the ace before me because the dealer's arm was in the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't even need to see the river. I just by everyone's reaction, it looked like I got... Uh. Yeah, so just stuff like that. And then, like, I mean, yeah, everything was super deep besides event one. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, um, I mean, i got to give a shout-out to Michael Jackson as well because he, he get, made the trip a lot of fun. <laughs> Found a Michael Jackson slot machine that was... Uh, Fun. Oh, I, th- I thought you were gonna say like you guys listen to Michael yeah. Jackson. Hey, <laughs> like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong with Michael Jackson? Come on. <laughs> it's not the car ride music I expected. Nah, we had it was a blast. Good trip. <laughs> so Michael Jackson replaced the race car game. Well, there trip? was no race car game there, so yeah, he did there. Um, I actually like it better than the race car game. Michael is kind of a cool game. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, all all. All um, seriousness aside, Casey found it, and I went over his shoulder and was watching him. And then, I mean, when you you know you know slot machines, KB, when you get all these extra bonus games, come on, oh, yeah. it's not just your typical three quarter one real old schooler. You know, it's fun to degen every once in a while. It's awesome. Well, congrats on a nice little successful trip. Yeah, you, thank you. What's next, guys? Oh, are you guys going to the New Jersey uh, to the Atlantic City uh, circuit event, or are you guys? Let's give me that one since you did this one. When is it? It's soon. It's like, 29th uh, through like the 10th of December. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I have a room booked from the 29th to like the 6th, but I haven't really figured that one out yet. But May, it's easy enough Are you to going cancel. to that, KB? 
Yeah, I'll be up there for a short time. Only I, I had originally planned to go for a little bit longer, and then I did that nine days in Vegas thing, so I just decided it was probably best to cut this a little bit short. So I'll be there like four nights okay. only. Uh, or actually, it might even only be three nights. I'm playing two events, basically, a 500 and a 300, or a 560 and a 330, or whatever they are. So it'll be a little bit of a short trip for me, but um, oh, those trips are always fun because you get to see a lot of TV guys and yeah. some of the pros and stuff like that, so it should be fun. I will 100% not be going to that. I have a commitment on the 3rd of December. Yeah, same thing here. I can't make that one, which sucks because that's like one of my favorite ones to go to. But. Yeah, I final table the attorney there last time I was there, I think. What, wasn't it there, KB? Yeah, I think it God, was it that one or was it Caesars? No, it was that one. It was definitely that one. Yeah, so I like that one. I think I final table the couple there. Yeah, that was the one where you were playing, you were like deep in another tournament while at the final table or something. Yeah, I final table event one and bag chips in event two at the same time. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yes, multi tabling live. It was uh it was that epic. Was awesome. Yeah. Sick life. So yeah, I, I think ahead. my next target is the um usually Borgata does a tournament in January. So I think after the holidays I'm gonna be up for that. If you guys try to make it to that, that'd be cool. Those are great tournaments, Borgata. Well the PCA is in January. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. They haven't announced the Borgata hasn't announced the dates yet, but I don't think it's on their not on their website, but uh uh, hopefully it doesn't clash. I, I I would think it's not going to clash with the PCA, but then I guess you're saying you're going to be, you know, PCA will be the trip you take, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning to do that 100% case? Uh, not 100, but I would say 80. Yeah. It's so much fun. Like I went went last year. I know you've gone a bunch of times. I went for my first time last year um, because Danny was at the final table of that Canada Cup, right. and it was just kind of a good good opportunity for TP to you know kind of have. A, visibility and marketing or whatever but yeah it is really great it's a it's a, obviously a pretty fun destination to be at for a poker tournament so i'd like to go again so yeah. hopefully somebody will hopefully one of you guys will go so i can find some excuse to be down there mm-hmm. handing out business cards it's yeah. definitely one of the better stops on the uh on the yearly calendar yeah no doubt cool how about online what's with, uh, you guys you guys going to be grinding a lot online or i don't know i mean Sometimes I feel like grinding online, and then I start, and 15 minutes in, I take a bad beat, and I don't feel like playing anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to put in a session uh, pretty soon. I'm going to do a live series for TP. I've had some people ask me to do that, so I'm going to put in a live sweat, probably on a Sunday, and hopefully make some sort of run. Nice. Time to, time to win another million. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's been, been a few months. <laughs> well, you guys know me. My at-home poker duties, I have the general manager duties of TP, lucky me. And so, yeah, that takes up a lot of time, so not much serious grinding online. So I take these, like, three and four trips a year that I get live so much more serious now because you don't get to do it as much anymore with family and other poker obligations. So the big trip we take in the summer, AC next week, this Gatineau trip, and always one in the spring is kind of my thing, and and just doing the micro-low stakes, mid-stakes stuff, so... Cool. It's fun. Well, wherever you guys end up, we will hopefully see you there deep in something. Cool. That's the plan. But uh well thanks for uh thanks for stopping in. It's been a while. I know Tim you were on a few episodes ago, but I yeah. think it's been a while for you, Casey. So Yeah, it's, uh, it has been for sure. Well one thing I want to do before we get out of here is I mean, these people took supreme care of Casey and I we were gone, so I'm gonna give a couple shout outs. Casino Lac Lemmy, unbelievable. Um Casey and I made friends with a guy named uh 
Dominic Fugere. He is like the um, Lon McCarran of Quebec poker television. He does all nice. the bilingual dubbing for uh, ESPN and RDS and TSN and ES, all the all the big wigs. So he was super cool, and he was on the mic. And then the floor staff, Daniel, uh, Richard, and Sylvain, top drawer people. And a cool, real cool guy that we're going to have a little bit more talks with from a company perspective is Stefan Dorian. He's um, he's involved with Quebec Gaming, and Quebec Gaming has their own uh, internet uh, poker site. So we're going to go see if uh, we can have some anything we can do with those guys, help them out along the way. And yeah, so shout out cool. to all those people, man. Um, nice. Took care Perhaps of Casey Quebec. and I like there was no tomorrow. Like uh, whatever we needed, and the, the media staff was incredible. They really took to tournament poker edge, and and so anytime anyone around does that, we we owe them. Yeah, big props to those guys for yep. sure. Well, cool. Thanks again for stopping in, guys. Good luck uh, with whatever's next, live and online. And uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, Ron, his buddy, and I will come back and wrap things up here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Later. Everybody's writing songs with synthesizers But I don't have a synthesizer I can still get down like Duran Duran in 1985 I didn't name my band after an animal Feathers or neon clothes But I can stay out all night Like Sacagawea in a paint fight Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. Big thanks, as always, to Casey and Tim for stopping in, talk a little poker with us. Yeah. Now I got the live bug. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I just want to go play poker right now. It, whenever I start talking about live poker, I start to get the itch. I had it earlier when we were talking to Casey. Uh, me and Mark were on yeah. Skype with Casey chatting, and I was just like, God, I can't wait to go. Yeah. I'm actually bummed that I won't be 
in AC longer. Yeah. Two events seems like almost none. <laughs> I know. You go, especially for you, going to AC, you got to take a plane. You know, it's, it's a bit yeah. much. It's a lot for two events, but... The good thing is, like, I mean, the whole reason I go to this every year is because it's, like, it's a guy's trip that I go on with guys right. from my home game who aren't nearly as serious about poker as I am. So it's it's fun in and of itself. Right. And it just so happens that I get to play yeah. a couple of tournaments yeah. on there, too. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I definitely have the itch now. Especially after I was in Vegas for nine days and hardly... I mean, I played some live cash, but literally didn't play a tournament the whole time I was there. I just sat in the house playing online poker. Right. So. <laughs> Definitely ready to start playing again. Yeah, I can't it'll be wait. fun. I really want to try to get to the Borgata in, in, in January. I mean, it's not that far away. It seems like far away, but it's not. It's really not that far. Yeah, especially with the holidays. Yeah. Before you know it, exactly. it'll be here. Yep. Yep. So cool. So uh, well, uh, we probably got a lot to catch up on in terms of what what's happening with uh, with Tournament Poker Edge. Let's update people on all that. Yeah. Um, so right now, I mean, we have two kind of. I, what I think are premier type of series running. Um, I love Matt Hunt, Ginger Forty Five. Uh, yeah, I love his videos, and uh, and he's running right now. He did a a live uh, a hand history review of a of what's called the Saturday Night uh, PS Live, which is like a satellite. Series, like a, like a, it's like a satellite into a live event. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't gotten to the final table, so I'm not exactly sure what. Um, what it's offering, but it, I think it's, it offers seat to um, an EPT, and you know, he gets so detailed, right, with his with his uh, yeah his his, his, um, his analysis that it's one of those where if you like the really deep analysis and and and, and you're you're that's the kind of stuff that you want to see, um, definitely recommend uh, Matt's series. And then on top of that, um, we got Andrew Brokus running right now, which is always a fan favorite. Um, Shout out to Andrew, yeah. Thinking Poker Podcast, one of friend of TPE. Um, he did a hand history review of the WCOOP main event warm-up that he made a little bit of run in. So we got that running right now. Um, we also, since it's been a while, um, I'll give you a real quick uh, update on some of the other ones. Um, since the last podcast, uh, we had Riverman uh, do a final table hand history review. Um, Daryl Jace. Also, once again, a, uh, a fan favorite um, had a 109 hand history review, and uh, and you mentioned uh, Corey Wayland, uh, MJ Styles, MJ23 Styles, his premiere um, ran, and and I think we mentioned it was coming on the last one on the last podcast, right? Yeah, I think that was right about that time. Yeah, and so it premiered, and you know it was pretty polarizing as I uh, I expected, right? You know, he's an unconventional player. Um, and you know, I, I love his video because it makes you think like he doesn't do everything standard. Like there's no standard for him. Like he just right. You know. So I love that because I I think I just like I just like really like I, I think like, yeah, it, it's awesome. And it actually reminds me when uh, me and Mark were um, playing a session and we were um, virtually railing. Um, Corey, uh, they usually do a live feed, but it was down, so it was just updates. You know, like text updates. And um, and it was so funny because he was doing like all the stuff he does yeah. online live. So you know, it, we would laugh every time there would be an update because it would be like uh, Corey Whalen limps the small blind, yeah. and or or Corey Whalen makes it at you know X number of chips at this blind level. And we're like he's raising three point two five X, like he's doing all yeah. this crazy stuff. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, oh my god, he plays live exactly like he plays online. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I, and I knew people were probably like so confused. Yeah. Or you know, I think he there was I think there was even some hands where he limped from like middle position and stuff. And yeah, he was just he was mixing it up big time. And it's pretty cool to watch. And yeah, there were I think there were some people who were like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then there were other people who were like, wow, this makes me you know think that I need to rethink the way I play. Like, yeah, it's really really just, difficult to play against him. Um, so so what's coming up? Uh, he, his next series will be up soon. Um, I think it starts in early December. Uh, I'm sorry, it's it's not the next series. He's actually recorded a lot of parts for this one, his first uh, hand history review. We just didn't want to put up 11 parts at one time, um, especially with a new guy. We didn't know it was polarizing, right? Right. <laughs> you want to want to make sure that that, it, that it, you know that it's, that it's decent quality. And I thought it would be decent quality, but you know you don't want to have 11 parts of one guy running at one time. So. Um, so we are continuing his series. So, but what was great about it is he kind of broke it up into early stage, mid stages, and late stages. So it's the same tournament, but you're going to get that sort of focus on the different stages of the tournament. I think is a really good way to categorize your learning um, for for poker. So, so that's uh, so Andrew and, and Ginger are running right now. Corey's running next. I have some other stuff. Um, I have some more Chris Moon. I have some more Riverman. I have, uh, and I also have some, uh, as you heard Casey talk about, some live sweats um, on the docket. But I never want to promise them because um, you never know how live sweats going to go, and then it's uh, it's tough to get some live sweats sometimes yeah. if they just you know go nowhere after you know you'll have three or four days in a row where you're just busting out early and nothing interesting happens and. That's, uh, that happens often, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the live sweats as well. I think we'll get one out there at the same time as uh, as Corey. Yeah. So. I've been trying to record. There's been some requests for a stick it to the man, which is something we haven't done in a long time. And I've been trying to record hey, one you're for playing about a lot four of nights. Time, so yeah, you should do one. You're playing a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, but it just seems like since since I since I promised some people I would do one, it's just all been disappointment. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up having a nice run in the. Uh, I think I finished fourth in the nightly 60 on merge uh, two nights ago, I guess. Uh But um, I was just short the whole time, so it was never like, oh, I'm going to turn this on and start recording. Like, I was literally just ninjaing my way through, you know, from like like 50 people down, where I never had more than like 15 bigs. Right. Which I guess could be interesting, but I didn't know that at the time. I always just assumed I was one hand away from busting. <laughs> right. Well, but one of these days, I'll get one recorded. And is that, does that play deep? Because, like, you know, for six of man, like, you want to have some play, right? You don't want it to just be shove fests. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. It uh, it seems like it, you know, it's deep early, obviously, um, and then it kind of. I feel like in the mid stages, you tend to, everything kind of flattens out, and everybody gets kind of shortish. Right. But then all of a sudden, when you're at the final table, it it plays pretty deep. So okay, uh, it's an interesting. It, it, I don't know if it's because the structure is designed that way, or because I tend maybe because I'm a little bit of a nit. I, I'm not accumulating these huge stacks in the mid stages. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It could be one of the two, um, but it's not anything like winning where you're just like the, the structures are so good. Yeah, they really are. Winning has good structures. Yeah, I, lo- I love those tournaments on there, yeah. uh, and that series they're running right now is pretty pretty good. So um, yeah, so if you're in America and you're looking for a place to play, those are two pretty decent options. Cool. I won't go as far as recommend any American site, but I will say yeah, that right. if you're going to play, those aren't bad play, options. Right? If you just <laughs> yeah. want to play, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I like um, those yeah. tournaments too. Uh, Twenty-five dollars, twelve point five k. Yeah, that's a great turn. Yeah, we were talking about the the twenty k on Bovada. Like, I could almost be happy just playing the the twenty-seven fifty and that fifty on Bovada like every night. I've been telling you about the twenty-seven fifty forever. You realize that, right? 
Yeah, it took me so long to get on that site even. And the reason was because I had so much money on lock. Yeah. And so I was just grinding over there because I had, you know, it's not easy to get money on and off. Yeah. Obviously, that's no secret. Um, and I just had heaps of money on there. So it was just like, well, I'm just going to play where I have this huge bankroll right. that's, I can play everything and do what I want. And, but yeah, situations changed and finally got some money on all these other sites. So yeah, I love it. Cool. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. It took me a, real, a long time to like adjust because, Everything's obviously a little different. Not not just the software, but the players and the structures. And yeah. it took me a while to figure out who the regular, the, you know, who the regs were on all these sites. And right, think think I'm finally somewhat competent in all that. So nice. Cool. Yeah. Also, want to mention um, since it has been a while since the last podcast, it's uh, it's worth digging through the article archives. A um, bunch of new stuff has gone up there, including several from Ginger, who's a really good writer. Um, the Ginger 145 yes. is Matt. Yeah. I guess I could call him Matt. Um, he's written a, a bunch of good articles um, on a variety of topics. I think the most recent one is actually about downswings and kind of an analyzing you know, why that might be and not just blaming variants or bad luck, but actually looking at yourself and trying to figure out if maybe there's something you're doing wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I won't run them all because there's probably... Uh, 10 or 12 that have gone up since the last podcast, but go dig through uh, on CPE, go through the articles, check them out. If you're not a member, those are free to read, so feel free to go check those out. If you like what you see, you can sign up. Um, but yeah, good stuff over there in that section as well. Absolutely. He's a great writer. Really enjoy his stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's it. Anything else? Nope. That is it. I can't wait to go play some poker. Yes, Copy. it will be soon. Psych. I want to I go play, so let's figure it out. Yeah. Well, happy holidays to everybody out there in TPE land. We got all kinds of holidays coming up, so uh, enjoy them. Spend some time with some family. Hopefully you get a little time in for poker as well. Thanks again to Tim and Casey for joining us, and we will be back soon, we promise, on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Yes. <laughs> Later. Later, guys. See you.
Can't be mine, can't be mine, no she can't be mine 